one. It's a battle of the Bulls and the Bears today. The Bulls are winning with Amazon after its report. The Bears are winning with Apple after its report. We're going to talk rotation. Could the rotation in the markets now with these big cap, mega big cap going up actually keep us down? We'll discuss that. We got one more big event today. That's the jobs number at 830. We'll preview that with our boy Blue Putnam from the CME. We're going to end up the week on pre-market prep with a good show. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's pre-market prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, good morning, traders and investors. We're starting out in the green after a rocky pre market session, up two and a quarter at 45.24. All important, lower the day yesterday, 05.75. Bulls have to vigorously defend that. Uh, Buck, it's up. Just a quiet range. Working on an inside day. Holding yesterday's low up a couple pennies. Bonds up a quarter point. Oh, man. What a rough uh, three days for the bond market. We're at 120. Basically 120 and a half. Uh, crude, that's up 28 cents. But we got a triple top forming at the 82 and a quarter level. Gold in the red by 270 at 1966. Silver going the same direction by over a percent. That's down a quarter at 2345. And I don't know if my Bitcoin uh, quotes work. It's down 150. But uh, every time I look at it, it's like 29,260. Uh, Triple D, I, you know, I know you always got a, a good feel, a good take on the market, and I usually pretty usually do too. But man, right now, man, I'm looking at all these big cap stocks. Microsoft up nearly four, Amazon up ten, Nvidia up three, Tesla up two. How come we're not like fifteen, twenty handles higher? The exact opposite to what has been happening for the last six months is rotation was you know always been the problem where rotation and if we got a sell off in a stock it was something else picking up the slack we're seeing the opposite problem here now you can get the mega caps going up and what do they do the rotation is keeping us down so you have the iwm getting smacked around here this morning it's down 0.3 percent because you know what the tech stocks are up but they want to sell something and they don't want to buy the spy and if you don't want to buy the spy you got to be selling something they're so selling the small caps the banks are under pressure here this morning. Some of um, you know, your value stocks are looking like they're under pressure here this morning. So exact opposite. I mean, we have turned in sentiment here. It is is it temporary? That's the big question. We don't know the answer to that. But we could feel it last week starting. And you know, this week has definitely been the case. Rips getting sold, rotation holding us down instead of rotation holding us up. Um, the, you know, uh, lifeblood of a bear market, JC Perrett's always say, or of a bull market is rotation. Well, it can work the opposite way too. And we're not in a bear market here, but we have turned temporarily. We have turned, sentiment has turned. Amazon, 
Apple to the rescue. Amazon tried last night. Apple, eh, we're not being rescued so far, though. Maybe it's going to change, but so far, really not so good. All right, let's bring in Money Mitch here. And uh, it was, I mean, you looked at the pop. Let's do the Amazon report first because it was a, a, a wonky close. They had a, a quick, I really thought we were going to rally into the close. They smashed it, eight quick eight handles, and then you blinked. Just a blink, and we were off to the races. So what did Amazon do to get things right? Well, they did what Amazon usually does, and that's beat, baby. Let's talk a little bit about that. Adjusted EPS at 63 cents, beating the 34 cent estimate. Sales at 134.4 billion, beat the 131.54 billion estimate. Revenues increased 11% year over year. They see Q3 revenues at 138 billion to 143 billion versus a 138.25 billion estimate. And along with the strength in cloud driven by several AI releases, Amazon also said it's seeing strong demand for its advertising services. So I, I, I think Amazon pretty much told us there is no slowdown. If anything, we're ramping up. Um, at least for this company, things are looking really good. Good, good. good numbers, good reports, stock up, should be up. But again, we're in this market where it doesn't hold the gains because we've seen this time and time again where some companies, in, in, in especially this entire earnings season, where companies have struggled to hold the gains. So we have a nice gain here in Amazon, still long and didn't sell any stock in my wife's long-term uh, retirement account. Um, up 11, it's a big move. There's got some resistance overhead though. Like, do I feel like coming in? Here's the problem, like to get that sustained move and continued move, you have to find more buyers. So I look at this resistance, like 143, 144, and I think, hey, I got three, four bucks upside. But if I get a rug pull on this thing, I got a lot more risk than that. So I can't justify coming here and buying this and chasing this right now, especially when they've been rug pulling some of the winners. So I think, you know, I think you know, talking is my book to a certain extent here, but if I had this on for a trade, I would probably ring the register. Again, I don't have it on for a trade. I have it on in my long-term investment accounts. I'm trying to separate it. Got to own something. Amazon's a pretty good company in the long term. I think it's going to be higher 10 years from now, 20 years from now. But I just don't think I'm chasing it here today. Yeah, it's straight. I mean, this is the one that, if anything, when we were talking about the two stocks, this would be what this was when I was hoping that we'd get a dip and buy the dip because I didn't want to buy the dip at Apple. There was no dip, it was a rip. We went to 142.97 in a heartbeat. We're three bucks away from that level. So it's important. It, it, from what we've seen in the Caterpillar, from what we've seen in all these good earning reports, ALB, if this is it, if you got to do a cat, this has to pull a cat, catch a bid, maybe you know, open 140, tick 139 and a half, catch a 140 bid, take out 143. Keep on going. I I just don't have the confidence that, that it's going to do that. It's traded a lot of volume. It certainly can open up at this area. But if your target's 140, 141, 142, 143, get a look at it early in the session. I guess also you could use the open in this one too. Like if you do open up and blast off and then come back down through the open, absolutely no reason to be long if it takes out the uh, you know that early opening range. Bottom or the top of yesterday's range, way down at 
I mean, an even caterpillar here, Joel, last couple of days starting to leak. I mean, this is their poster child for the what you know you want to see happen to continue the bull market. Well, the last couple of days, not so great. Got up to 293, 281 yesterday, starting to leak a little bit too. The one thing Caterpillar has is a very low PE. So, you know, we know the PE is expanded to a certain extent here, but it's under a market multiple here still. So that helps. But I mean, Amazon is not in that case. Amazon is not in that category. The PE is very high. Um, but, you know, we've been saying for a long time they could probably make more money if they stopped focusing so much on growth. So it's a little bit deceiving, you know, when you just take the PE at face value. I, I like the report. I like that the stock is up. I still stick it in my long-term portfolio, but I'm just not in a buying mood right now. Same as yesterday. All right, let's move over to Apple. Apple's Q3 EPS at $1.26 beat the $1.19 estimate sales of $81.8 billion beat the $81.36 billion estimate. Apple's America's revenues at $35.38 billion. Europe at $20.2. Greater China revenue at $15.7. Apple CEO Tim Cook said we were happy to report that we had an all-time uh, all-time revenue record in services during the June quarter, driven by over $1 billion paid subscription. We saw continued strength in emerging markets thanks to the robust sales of iPhone. Uh, Apple's uh, CEO Cook also stated that they've been researching on generative artificial intelligence for years. Working on generative AI is among the drivers of increased research and development spending as they continue to invest in technologies such as generative AI to its products. Um, I think one thing to note here that, yes, Apple Plus uh, doing pretty pretty good there. And I recently just uh, downloaded Apple Plus. And I can tell you guys, I think in the long run, I think Apple Plus is going to be the second best to Netflix. I think Apple's going to come up with more products here too. I mean, it's not just always going to be the story about the iPhone. The problem is saying what we said already. This quarter was fine. This quarter was good. But the problem was exactly what we identified before yesterday on yesterday's show is that this stock has run up a lot into the earnings and it's trading 32 times earnings. I mean, this is the richest multiple that Apple has commanded I can that I can ever remember. So, I mean, I just don't see the easy path for this thing to go from a $3 trillion company to a $4 trillion company. I just don't see it. We need new products. We need a new product cycle. Yes, iPhone 15 is coming out. Yes, you know, we're all buying, you know, Apple products. But AI, AI, Dennis. AI AI as well. Sure, there's going to be a story here, but you're paying for that story. Apple at 23 times earnings is a little rich to its its valuation of where it's historically traded. Apple at 30 times earnings is ridiculously rich. So do we need a correction in Apple? Is it overvalued? I think it's absolutely overvalued at this point in time. So I I don't know. I'm just at the point where I just don't want to pay 30 times. People say, why do you pay 60 times for Amazon? Again, Amazon's a little bit of a different animal. And the reason for that is when you look at it times revenue, you look at you know some different metrics, it's not that expensive. And again, Amazon can make more money if they really stop focusing. If they decide not growing anymore, we're just going to put it all into the bottom line. That Amazon earnings would go up substantially, but they're still growing. So it's a little bit different. I think Apple, I just, I don't want to pay 30 times for Apple. Wow. Pop to 196. Have those algos, have they been seeing what's been going on with a lot of these earnings stocks on this pop? They eat. So again, to my tweet from two days ago, Joel, 
The blind squirrel just selling the pops. If you're oh. selling a pop on every single stock, you're losing on a few, but you're making on a lot of them. I bet you overall, you're making money. There's probably a strategy to sell every earnings pop. You're going to lose on some of them. But it seems like there's so many that are giving it back that overall you're probably going to make money. So if you had a, if you could do it on a hundred stocks, you had, you know, you know, you're a hedge fund, and you're just like, I'm going to sell short every pop, you know, right after, you know, they pop five, six percent. I'm just going to sell them all. You're going to get killed. You know, Amazon's up eight, so you're losing on that one. But you know, here you are on Apple. It pops up and immediately gives it back. I mean, it's a little bit to look at the reports too, and how good are they? But the algos are just blindly looking at the bottom line beat and the top line beat and buying are stupid. There's a lot of stupid algos out there. It's not Citadel. It's not Virtue. It's not the ones you think about when you think algorithmic trading. There's a lot of other companies, smaller hedge funds, running algorithmic strategies that honestly don't know what they're doing. So not Citadel, not Virtue. They're not out there buying these things on these earnings pops. I can pretty much guarantee you. 15-day trading range. Speculative 15, algos. 15-day trading range in Apple. With the top of the trading range being... 196 to 197. But you know what? That doesn't do you any good now, right? Because we're down, we're down five sticks. Uh, we're off the pre-market low. That could be a good number, 185.12. If uh if you're looking at that, couple other lows at uh, 185. So I'll, I'll call that uh you know minor support now. I love the 192 level yesterday. If you were a long-term trader, I don't know if you're gonna get back it today. I think resistance comes down to uh 19069. That's a bomb of yesterday's range. But do you see how much cash they have? Do you Apple? see how much? Yeah. That's a pile. Uh, oh, it's a gosh. huge pile. Do you, do you know do you know what that next is? No, I don't know where is? it's at now. What's it at now? 166 billion. Yeah. They do have some debt. You so know they do um, have a little bit of debt, which I don't know why they don't pay that off. I guess maybe because they got the cheap rate, but eventually when they have to refinance, I'll probably just turn around and pay that off. So how much debt? Let's go look. Because Apple, they never had debt, and then everybody said, oh, the money is 1%. You better incur some debt, which actually probably worked out for them because rates have come up, but they're probably still tied in. You look yeah, at that. $97 billion in debt, Joel. So I think what would happen here if I was Apple, I'm not Apple, I'm debt. not, you know, in there. Down that but debt, I think yeah. when that debt starts to mature, I ain't refinancing at 7% or 6%. But maybe it's going to be cheaper for them, maybe 5.5% or 5%. But I probably am just like using Retire some of that cash it. and paying off the debt. So they can pay it off when they want to. When rates are 1%, might as well load up the debt. When rates are 5%, I mean, I'm in the same boat. So, you know, I have, you know, you know I have some debt. You know that I incurred. I talked about this before too. Locked in on a on one of my rental properties at one point six four percent. I remember that. Uh, I got the four year mortgage, one point six four fixed. When that comes due in a year and a half, pay it. I'm going to pay, pay it, it off. off. Yeah, yeah, because it's going to come back to up to six. I have that luxury to be able to do that. Apple has that luxury to be able to do that too. So it's why the banks, you know, like I look and it seems insanity where I'm I'm borrowing. At 1.64% from Scotia Bank, and I got a GIC for a pile of money tied up, giving me 5.2%. I just got that money locked and geared. So I'm literally just making like 3.7% on the spread from the same bank. And when it comes due in December of 2024, I'm going to take that GIC, cash that thing in, and pay off a lot of that debt. So, I mean, I think there's just some arbitrage happening there. And that's why the regional banks, you know, had some trouble. Because there is, you know, obviously the rates have come up. So when you're uh, lending long and, you know, the short-term rates go up there, 
doesn't work out that great. But this yeah, is not I remember when you were borrowing it. Those rings, yeah, let's bring right? it back to Apple, guys. Yeah. Uh, I'll okay. reel you guys in a little bit here. Um, my biggest thing that I think is very important in this earnings season was not necessarily listening to AI now comments from CEO. I wanted to see what? Revenue. Give me exact information on how much you are making on AI. None of them have done so. And what did we hear from NVIDIA? There was analysts saying that NVIDIA could mint $300 billion in AI revenue by 2027. Give me exacts here. I think that this is what's affecting the AI hype. Microsoft gave you that, yeah, we will see revenues increasing from AI, but kind of like they're going to slowly build up, right? Nothing that we're giving you right now. Apple, what do they give you? They give you that they're working on research and development but nothing that they're giving you right now that's going to the bottom line of revenues from AI. There. This is how you blow up the AI hype. You show me that there's no real revenue and that it's just hype looking forward. And, and Microsoft said that when they said gradual, it imploded the <laughs> stock. Don't kid yourself. Microsoft has been in the gutter and it's now at 326 since the, the commentary. It was 349 when the CFO came out after hours. It was 349 when the CFO came out and said AI Growth, revenue growth from AI is going to be gradual. The stock dropped five bucks on that and it and it basically burst the little mini AI bubble. It's like, why are we paying 33 times earnings for your company if the AI growth is going to be gradual? We want it to be robust. And that is why, you know, these we've had this AI expansion of multiples here where everybody thinks it's imminent. Mitch, your your point spot on. Everybody thinks like we're like gonna expand this earnings, you know, from AI next year. You know, Musk came on CNBC and says, yeah, full autonomous next year. He's dreaming. He's dreaming. He just talks. He's not going to be full autonomous next year. And so there's going to be a rude awakening for some of these people who are just like, AI is going to change the world. It is, but it isn't changing it next year. So if you're paying 33 times banking on that these Apple earnings and these Microsoft earnings are going up right now because this AI is going to do it, you're going to be sorely disappointed. I think that's what's happening with the market here right now. So Microsoft, Expanded the multiple from 20 times to 30 times, basically on AI, without growing earnings at all. You got to think like, maybe, just maybe, we need a cool off period. The AI is real. 10 years from now, it's going to be changing our lives. It's not changing it next week. All right, let's go ahead. Let's get to our guest today. You guys smash the like. I think you guys will be excited about this one. You're on mute, Joe. You're on mute. Oh, Joe, don't oh, do I it. I wasn't Joe. on mute. My boy Blue, how you doing? Blue Putnam, <laughs> chief economist at the CME Group. We got a lot of tough questions for you. I hope you're prepared today, Blue. How's everything going? Oh, it's going well. I'm quite prepared. <laughs> okay, you you know you're up with some smart guys here. So talk to me about inflation. Talk to me about this rosy scenario. Talk to me when we're getting two percent. Talk to me that the Fed is done. Talk to me about the Fed pivot. <laughs> well, we're not getting to 2%. And uh, you can take off your rose-colored glasses because you're about to get whipsawed. <laughs> the, okay. uh, the headline inflation number, you know, came down from, it was 9% in June of 2022, and it's 3% in June of 2023. But guess what? 
Back in July of 2022, energy prices started to fall. Gasoline prices went way down. Mm. Guess what's happening in July of 2023? Mm. Gasoline prices are up. So you can pretty much count on uh, the season, the uh, headline CPI ticking upward. Oh, man. So, you know, we, we've seen the best numbers of the year probably uh, on that. Now, the core, the core CPI and the core PCE, those other inflation, they can still come down, a, a, you know, a notch or two. But uh, if you're if you're focused on the headline and you've been enjoying that ride from nine to three, your ride's over. Get off the roller coaster, you know, or whatever. Blue. 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 It's fantastic to point. I've argued before that this market is very like blinders on it doesn't see the forest through the trees i don't know what it is but it just gets like the ai blinders on we're just buying stocks no matter what and i mean they see that cpi coming down there's probably some really smart people thinking like you blue and there's probably a lot of people who are just ignoring the obvious that you just said is that energy prices have started ticking up and that's probably means that cpi headline and the bots are just you know not as smart as we think they are either and I get scared that, yeah, CPI starts ticking back higher and the market's like, whoa, boy, man, this is not what we had in store. So there's some obvious inputs here that are going to drive CPI up a little bit. Yeah, it could be up four tenths, five tenths. It'll, it'll be a meaningful oh. tick upward. And, uh, you know, that'll confuse people. But then you will know, look at the core. And the core is going to be still sticky, but maybe down a tenth. So, you know, uh, it's just a confusing situation. Uh, on inflation and, you know, and we'll get another inflation number uh, before the Fed meets. So we'll get August inflation at the uh, around September 10th or so. Uh, so, you know, we will have <laughs> there's, there's a lot of potential here for volatility. What's going to move the core? Move uh, the core? You know, what, uh, what what components should we be keeping an eye on? I mean, if we, we have the big one with the crude. What else is going to move that core up? Well, the core doesn't move, you know, quickly. That's the whole point of the core. But, uh, you know, rents and, and some of the services are tapering off. Uh, durable goods and uh, have no inflation left in them at all. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> discretionary goods have very little. So the, the good side of the equation, which is only one third of it, uh, is going to bring it down. But, e but even things like rent are ticking down one, you know, one tenth of a month or mm -hmm. something. Okay. I mean, I've, the one thing that's been scaring the bejeebies out of me is this bond market. I mean, they, it's just getting pummeled and it's just like, how long, I mean, what, what are the big investors thinking when the bond market's just getting pummeled like this? They certainly don't think the Fed is done, but uh, let's just go to a little bit larger. Well, wait a minute. You got this bond market now. You know, we had a huge shift in sentiment in the last two months that, uh, you know, there were I was in a, a very small camp of people saying there wouldn't be a recession. And there was this huge camp of people saying there would be. And I will say 75 percent of the recession people have thrown in the towel and the other 25 have moved it into uh, 2024. And that's why, you know, if you're not going to get a recession, then the bonds, uh, you know, need to sell off a little bit. So, you know, getting back to 410, 420 on the 10 year is, is what what it means when you take out the recession view. Now I want to come in here, Blue, and one thing that I'm looking at, of course, I'm watching the CME Fed tool pointing towards only a 19.5% chance of getting another 25 basis point uh, hike at the next meeting. How do you see it? What percentage chance would you give it? <laughs> well, the, uh, the Fed tool, 
you know, saying you got that small chance of a rise. I, I think when we start getting the data over the next six weeks, that percentage is going to go up a little bit. Um, there's going to be more and more debate. But the one that's really going to go up is the next month out. The uh, the end of October meeting is where, because, you know, Jay Powell kind of told us we're, we're going to go slower. What slower means to him is every other meeting. Uh, and I don't think there's going to be enough data to change the every other meeting story, but I do think there's going to be enough data to put October, well, the very end of October, get ready for Halloween, shoot your fireworks, whatever you're going to do. But that's the meeting that's in play, uh, and we'll, we'll see where it goes. There's still plenty of hawks on the Fed. What about just the overall impact of interest rates on the economy? I'm kind of of the stance that, yeah, we may go up a little bit more. I don't see any kind of easing happening. I don't see, you know, it was just not good for rates to get as low as they were for Dennis to get his 1.6%. You know, what, you know, like if I, if I said, how could you argue as someone saying that, yeah, we, we could be at between four and 6% for the next two years. Maybe longer. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know the that's the interest the rate. Yeah. Well, well the say, interest rate. Stand on that. Sorry, that's the problem. No, no, like, go ahead. Yeah, that's the problem, and I want to get your thoughts on this here too. I mean, people can stomach higher rates in the short term. They can find money. You know, okay, I've got my payment. Well, I can make these. Like I was, I was, I had dinner with somebody like a month ago. And they were talking about their mortgage rate coming up. And I'm like, you know, they're locked in in Canada. You know, we do mainly five years. It's like, I got another two years on this thing. And, you know, I'm locked in like 2.1%. I'm like, what happens in like two years if we're up at five and a half or six? And he's like, well, I'm just hoping, you know, the rates are going to come down by then. Everybody's got that same story. I hope that rates come down by then. What if rates do stay higher for the near future? What if five or 6% is the new normal? What does that do? Does that eventually put us into a recession that people can't stomach for that long? Or will people just continue to find the money? People will continue to find the money. Uh, you get recessions when something fairly big breaks. Uh, you can have a subprime mortgage crisis. You can have a tech wreck in the equities like we did in the late 90s, early 2000s. But you, and, and, you know, and Silicon Valley Bank didn't break the system. The, 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 uh, the network came in. The regulators figured out how to patch the hole. And so we, you know, but you don't get recessions just from interest rates creeping up. And they, of course, they've more than crept up, but you don't, you don't get recessions just from rates. You've got to break something pretty bad. And, uh, and as long as we're printing jobs and people have uh, money to spend, uh, then you don't get that recession. So I, I'm not in the, I'm, you know, eventually we'll have one, but it'll be from a black swan that I, not seeing yet, you know, it won't be because higher rates. Now the higher rates do slow the economy, so it's not a, it's not like we don't get a recession, okay, but we we do get slower growth. Um, okay, uh, Blue, we're going to let you go. We're just over a minute to the July jobs <laughs> report. Blue, great outlook on things. Uh, always get a, a good amount of information from you. We'll dial you up again real soon. We're going to let uh, uh, Dennis uh, go deep into the trade cave, and uh, Mitch is going to give us a preview of the July jobs report. Always good to have you, Blue. Thanks, Blue. All right, let's get back to the markets. We're going to take a look here, and we'll see how it hits. Of course, you guys see the one-minute chart, and 
Be careful here, guys. Non-farm payrolls expected at 200,000 prior 209,000. Uh, that's non-farms coming in here. Unemployment rate also coming in here. Uh, the prior rating was 3.6. A consensus is 3.6. Expected to stay right there. We'll see what happens. And honestly, right now, I don't know if it necessarily comes in hot. If that's a negative or a positive. So be careful here, team. We'll see on the price action how the market moves. All right, uh, we're, we're trading within the parameters of yesterday's session. Uh, yesterday's high, uh, Globex high, 47.50. We got the 47 overnight. Uh, on the downside, that wonky close, that wonky close at 21.75. Our low was just below that at 19.50. So technically, uh, technical setup here. Uh, pretty good. I don't know if we're going to breach either of those levels, but uh, we'll see. Uh, first reaction is down just a tad by the dippers come in. We're rallying. We're kind of stuck here at the 4530 area. Wow. We All are right. Shopping. We're coming in here, guys. Non-farm payrolls coming in at 187,000 versus 200,000. So coming in light. Participation rate at 62.6% versus 62.6% estimate. So that's coming in line. Unemployment rate for July at 3.5 versus the 3.6. So now we're going down in unemployment. A little bit confusing there. Private non-farm payrolls at 172,000 versus 179,000 estimate. Average hourly earnings month over month at 0.4% versus a 0.3% expected. So average earnings up a little bit for the month over month outlook. How do we weigh these numbers in? Let's just look at the price action. How are we looking, Joel? It's like we are almost exactly where we were. Uh, I think everyone's like me, maybe. Not, not sure if good news is good news, bad news is bad news. We're all a little bit... Uh, concerned on the overall action that we've gotten recently in the market and from the earnings. Yeah, you went down. Uh, you tested uh, the low of the, the low of the day, and you popped. And then they tried to make a run at the high of the day. I was going to say I'm not going to give out any individual numbers today, but uh, I know we've you know we have a flow between bulls and bears and uh, or you know whatever market sentiment. This rally has to hold today. This rally after the price action this week, the way mm -hmm. that, you know, that things have sold off on, on the earnings reports, I think it's a really important day. Now, you know, it don't have to be up 40, 50, 60 handles, but I just feel like it just like it's the, those days where, you know, the buyers have to come in strong. We're off the we're off the low for the week. Uh, but man, we stopped and actually on the pop there, if you want a good number on the upside, uh, we stopped just shy of Wednesday's or right at Wednesday's close at 37 and a quarter, but we are at 4530 before the mark, you know, before the number we're back at 4530, uh, is Dennis, Dennis is probably getting some pretty good trade action off this Mitch, any, uh, any technical or fundamental thoughts here? I mean, we're not unemployment's not going up. The Fed is is not winning on that front. Yeah, one stock that I'll be watching and I've just been using it as a little bit kind of an indicator for the market is Microsoft, right? We've been seeing that continue to leak. It's starting to come back a little bit here with this number. You can see it trying to get back above the 331s mm -hmm. in the pre-market. Um, so that's one stock that's just on my radar, right? If they could bring Microsoft back, maybe we can start stopping this leak, like put a plug in it at least for a day or two. Um, I'm keeping an eye on Microsoft. What are you guys keeping an eye on? Dennis, what are you seeing out there? 
on just the number, I don't think this moves the needle either direction. I think mm -hmm. you got some chop. It's not like it's, you know, like it, it's it, it's it's close enough to consensus that I think the overall sentiment still here where we turned last week. I don't think this is going to be enough to turn us bullish and be like, well, you know, soft landing. I, I don't see them coming that way. And I do think like this doesn't give anything to like make the Fed start thinking, yeah, we need to like start lowering rates here right away. So I think it's more par for the course, this number. That's why the algos don't know what to do with it either. And I don't know what to do with it. We're kind of in the same spot as when the number hit. So, yeah. you know, I just take that and disregard this number. TLT not rallying on it. We don't talk about it, but man, why well, we do talk about it, but man, this is a three-day collapse in the TLT. It's a big move from 100 down to 94.85 here now. It is trying to go down Ooh, and make new lows leaking. here right now too, which is not good. I'm telling you, eventually, this TLT keeps going down. The market will eventually pay attention. Rallies are still being sold here. Hard, this market hard. is guilty until proven innocent right now. So I'm going to keep saying, take the profits while you got them because I think tougher times are ahead. Okay, we're, we're, we really are back right uh, where we started from. I don't know. This just feels heavy. It feels like there's sellers out there. Uh, we can talk more about the jobs number in a minute. But, uh, Dennis, I hope you're not long any Icon Enterprises. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second, too. There's this overhead supply in everything. This is why the rallies aren't holding now, because we created overhead supply. We've created losses. We're not making new highs on the year. So now we're creating people who are like, holy cow. I'm up so much this year. I look at my long-term portfolio. I kind of want to go to cash. I kind of want to just go 100% cash because it did pretty dang good. You know, this year has been a pretty good year. You know, a lot of stocks, you know, really high. You know, like even the Airbnb. I'm like, I sold half of it at 151. It's 137. I'm like, why didn't I sell it all? You know, like you look at it and you think like the AMD, same thing. You know, I sell half. You know, and like, well, it's bouncing back AMD a little bit here. I was to here, get but... off that level. Holy mackerel. And the GNRC, I look, I was like, I wish I would have been Mark Chaik, and I wish I would have, like, listened. I didn't know even he was even selling it, but I bought it when he was interested in it, and then he sold it. But <laughs> 150 <laughs> I mean, it was good out for Mark up there. Stay with the I mean, power that's 112. Gate, Come on. You got to subscribe. It's like this status. market. You know what, though? Nothing kills demand like losses. Nothing kills demand. The, the buy the dip mentality hasn't worked this week. People coming in and buying the initial dip on some of these stocks are getting burned. Well, and let's be honest. that will snowball. Why were people buying the dip? Why were people because buying they, the dip? Because, because it was, it was bouncing working. back, but the stocks aren't doing it. Because we were in this like AI ramping bubble. And now it's no longer this AI ramping oh, bubble. Oh, look out, Dennis. We're going to try look to go out, red here. Look out. We're going red. Yeah. I, yeah, that's why I'd be a little bit careful, even on a stock that's doing under, really well. I, I would today. say under forty, under forty five hundred today. Uh, I mean, yeah. that's only twenty handles away. That's not a. That's not. I mean, a big, we're we're trying to get uh, closer like, towards at least five percent correction, right, in the markets. That's what I say. I, at least we're. I'm I'm seeing a five percent correction probably coming in. That will put us down below that level that Joel's talking about. Dennis, um, you gave a gem. Uh, it I believe it was two days ago because yesterday was a mild retreat. But you were like, you know, because the market was down. It was down off the Fitch downgrade. And it's like, you know, looking tempting, buying the dip. And and really, the main thing you said was you're not buying a dip here. This is nothing. not a dip. No. This is up. And up. Wow. Whew. 
They are really changing. We're now in the red by seven handles. The sellers are coming out in groves here, folks. Uh, we are making new lows as we speak. 0575, that was your low from yesterday. Uh, under that, I, I'm not going to tell you my number under 4,600 because I don't want to tell you, or under 4,500. I have to get a, get used to a new handle here, but uh, holy macro, Moving south here. All right, let's keep going. Let's go it's back. Just, to some... It's again, it's the same. It's turned. Like if you've been listening to the show for the last yeah, five, sentiment. six days, we've identified this and we've been wrong before, but you could kind of feel it different this time. That key reversal day, and then the ridiculous suckers rally the next two days, which we called, read my Twitter, I called the suckers rally, and I sold into the suckers rally. I sold all of my GM. I sold, this is the long-term. Trading, I'm still trading. You know, like I'm long, short, I'm doing all this, but I'm talking my long-term stuff. When I start selling my long-term stuff, I'm starting to get nervous again. So I sold my GM. I sold half my AMD. I sold half my Airbnb. Wish I would have sold my Generac. I sold five stocks. I don't remember the other two. I sold my IBM. I sold something else too. I can't remember what the hell else I sold. But I mean, what was I doing? I was ringing the register. Some of these stocks had done really, really well. And I was ringing the register. And I wish I would have rang it on GNRC too, but I did not. I mean, you got to keep holding something. Well, you don't. You know, if you're a trader, you don't have to hold anything. If you're like just, you know, the, a trader and you're just long stocks, I'm just buying it, buying the dip because it works. Well, it worked all year. It worked really well. I mean, is this a dip when you risk rally 30% and you sell off? two and a half percent is that really a significant dip or do you still think this trend is intact and the story continues i feel like the story has turned i feel like sentiment has turned i feel like tlt is telling me a story uh, it's, it's, to, yeah, TLT to be careful is screaming at you. and i'm listening it's screaming at us tlt is screaming at us mm -hmm. it's screaming at us right now hey we're not listening so I think, and multiple people, everybody asking me, like my Twitter account, what are you buying today? Every time we dip, like, what did you buy today? What are you buying? I'm like, not buying the dip right now. Please. It worked all year. I'm laying off a little bit here right now because it doesn't feel like it. Yep. You know, we're, are we going to get chop? Are we going to get more opportunities? But yeah, but sell the rip. We were up 20 handles overnight, Joel. 20 S&P handles. That was good. Away. That was a nice opportunity to sell. We should have known when we had an... We should have known that we had an, right uh, an all bullish day. Plasma's calling it out. We should have known that day, but we had Which, an all no, yeah, bullish no. that day. That was the show. top when we did the all bullish show. It was a little bit tongue in cheek and a little bit joking, but it was like everything just goes up. Everything just goes up. That, you know, that, and again, Tupperwares are going. Tupperwares going again here today. <laughs> this is more Dude. indicative of market tops. Joel said it on this show multiple times. When you start seeing the trash. Just get relentlessly bought. Bankrupt yeah. companies like Yellow, YLL, just buying them. That's speculation bubble. When you're in a speculative bubble, it's time to ring the register. Just, just know that Tup's done this before. Just look at the chart. It'll tell you enough, right? If you look to the left, what do you see on that daily chart? A nice little pop, about 78%. Uh, and then it went right back below those levels. <laughs> so be careful on these stocks, guys. They're wicked when they turn around. All right, let's keep going into some of the earning stocks. we got a lot to go through, so I'm going to keep us running here. Let's go to Can draft. we do the IEP first? Yeah, we can yeah. talk about IEP. Let's go to it right quick. Um, Icon definitely getting smacked here. I think you grabbed the news. If not, I'll grab it right now. He cut, the, cut dividend. the dividend in half. Yeah. Cut Distribute the dividend in half. There you go. That would definitely do it. I mean, has anyone really wanted to stay in this IEP? I mean, not I personally, anymore. I wouldn't touch it. I wouldn't have touched it at since it broke 50. But hey, 
That, look at that right? breakdown. Totally. That was the best technical breakdown ever. Like that 50 going through there. It sat there for a year just on that support. And then just boom, 28 bucks like overnight. And then we're like, ah, and then just continued and it got down to like 18. Now it's rallied back up. But you know what? When you get these bear market rallies and in these individual stocks, and that's what that is. The check back, almost the 50% retracement. If we went from like the 50 down to the 18, that's 32 points. And then you take that 16 add on to that 33 34 what the hell did we hit 35 36 yep. we did a 50% retracement of the sell off that's when you sell i don't know what to tell you on this one cut the dividend that uh sympathetic with other things going on uh per, uh just give you some lows in this area i uh, have not taken we're coming up on some daily lows but they're lower than this so actually you got a pair of lows uh Three lows at the 2150 area. So use that as a potential support point. Bouncing right back here. Now we're nine up, nine and a half handles. So yep. the bulls are not going down without a fight. Do you know how many people still have the buy the dip mentality, though? You're not going to just break them overnight. That's why I keep saying don't sell the dips. You're going to get these pops because people, there's still everybody believing that this time is the same, that we're just going to continue. PE on Apple is going to go from 30 to 40, and I'm just going to continue to make money. That's what everybody, I mean, Dan Ives is up there on CNBC every single day, tooting the horn. And, you know, he's been right. So we give him props. You know, he's come back a long ways. You know, obviously he's been bullish all the way down too, but, you know, it came back all the way up. Stayed bullish, stay in the bull camp. I mean, Gene's bullish on it too. Maybe long-term Apple is going to come out with new products. Maybe we're going to see an Apple car. Maybe we're going to see something else that really drives the next earnings, you know, cycle for Apple. But I'm not just betting on iPhone here at this time. And I think you're going to have a lot of people coming in still not going to go straight down. It's not going to be like, boom, we crash. I don't see that happening. It's going to be like, check back. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, we're coming back. And then check back. And then uh, we're coming back. I'd use the rallies as opportunities to raise cash. If, if you're fully invested. If you're half invested, I'm half invested. I'm not short this market. So I don't want to like be like, yeah, we're going down. I think we're due for a 10% correction. That's what I think we're due for. Well, shout out to my man Barat in the chat. Money, 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 money coming through with a nice little $50 tip there. We'll take it oh. anytime. Appreciate you. If you got a question, drop it in the chat. That's what we're here for. And you guys out there, if you got a question, drop, drop a tip. Barat. You just might get answered. All right, let's keep going. Let's go here to DraftKings as I want to talk a little bit about what it looks like. We got ourselves at least one winner winner here on their earnings report as they're definitely higher but we'll see if this is able to hold DraftKings q2 wow. adjusted eps at 14 cents beats the loss of 25 cent estimate sales of 874.93 million beat the 759.55 million estimate they raised full year 23 revenue guidance the company also ended the quarter with 2.1 million monthly unique paying customers that are paying more. The average revenue per monthly unique paying user was at 127, which was up 33% year over year. But I got even better news for you guys out there. Guess what? DraftKings investors will be interviewing DraftKings CEO nice. just later today at 12 p.m. Eastern. Don't miss it. We have a betting industry update that will start at 11.30 today. We'll also have Brown Hills ETF bets, and we'll talk all about the industry. I got a lot of insight into sports betting, seeing as 
I have a tendency of always sports betting myself. Um, but we'll talk all about different catalysts that are coming to the industry. What are the things that you should be watching in this space so you can be an expert? Do you want to know which ones are the leaders and why? We'll find out, of course, on our betting industry update. But I'll kick it to Dennis and Joel. What are you guys thinking? DraftKings? I, I love this this company. And I think they're doing a lot of things right. It's just run a little bit too far for me. But there's a story here. Story could continue to pallet. We're, propel it. We're in Consolidation Station. We're trying to make out new highs. There's easier stocks to sell than this. Be just careful, you know, because we have it in this market where people are taking gains on stuff. And there's a lot of people sitting on a lot of gains in DraftKings. So not chasing it here. I can't chase stocks right now. You know who's real shambling is uh, Sean Udoff. Uh, he liked this thing all the way down, and he's—I'm sure he's stuck with it Hold now. On, big... He gave that call out at thirty. So I, I don't said know he stuck much. with it all the way down. But I mean, how much is he up? Three bucks? How do you know how much he buys? In in how I he pay attention things? to that DraftKings call out. That's one of my favorite stocks. I pay attention to my favorite stocks. How do you know what, what, how much credit. he buys and he sells in it? It, uh, what I mean, he did uh, under 15. You have no idea. Hey, well, pre market we'll high comes on. in we'll at 3450. Pre market high comes in at 30. That's the way he invests, though. That's the way he, he invests in things. People Buys have different dip. investment styles. They're not just rushing in and out of things. 3450, let's see, is the pre market high. Pre market high, does that coincide with anything else? Uh, you do have a number on the monthlies here at 34.97. So that was your high back in December of two, uh, 2021. So there's your range, 34 and a half uh, to 35 potential resistance here in DraftKings. All right, let's keep going. Let's get Is out of DraftKings. Is getting a lift off this? Should oh, be. And 24 cents. Wow. They hate Penn. No, it's it's, it's a the story of destruction of barstool sports. I, I think that's what mm -hmm. it really is. The, the and maybe story that's a strong word, but barstool sports is definitely not what it was. I, I mean, I, I look at their streams all the time on YouTube now. They have maybe 20% of their traffic they used to have. So wow. that tells me enough. That tells me enough. I just literally opened one of their streams. Does Davey Dave, people watch Dave still trade does he still put out streams of no day? he doesn't trade he doesn't even barely do content anymore dennis he barely is on the screen on video anymore really it's all these other characters from barstool sports that personally I he was barstool any value sports. i mean dave portnoy yeah. was barstool sports he was funny he's everything i mean he is barstool sports i mean if he's doing less content that's an issue no and uh a lot of that happened when he started getting hit with different things that made him get off camera let's just be honest um but let's keep going uh pen is something to watch for one that had a decent uh pop on their earnings yesterday was rsi so we'll talk a little bit more about this on the sports betting update so if you want to find out more about these actions definitely keep your eyes on that that's rush street interactive um if we're looking for different kind of betting Things. We'll talk all about that on our sports betting update. You know what? Keep... Just also, also just ahead, think, think about with the DraftKings and the Pen. I mean, you know, seasonality could be coming in its favor too. I mean, yeah. this has all been done without yeah. football season. I, I wouldn't, I'm a lot of those rips I'm selling. I don't know if I'd be selling this rip on DraftKings. I don't know. I don't think it's as easy. I don't think this is going to be one that just gives her all back like we've seen so many other ones. Mm -hmm. This yeah. is a storied stock. It's a pretty good report. 
And if there's any hint of bullishness left in this market, the stock goes. So this is actually just relative strength all over the place here. This is one I would have on my shopping list if it ever dipped. All right. Well, I know you have this one. Let's talk about it. Airbnb. Q2 EPS at 98 cents beats the 71 cent estimate sales of 2.48 billion beat the 2.2 billion estimate Q2 gross booking values up 13% year over year nights and experience uh, booked up 11% year over year Q3 revenue outlook looking good here way above the estimate of 3.22 billion at 3.3 billion. It's looking good yet taking a major pullback i think a lot of this was the expedia yesterday man holy that holy. and it's the story of this earnings season it's investor expectations are too high analyst estimates are too low and that's why they're beating them but investor investor expectations are way higher for all these stocks and that's why you're seeing like these good beats this quarter was good but it's just not good enough when the stocks oh. run from 110 to 150. Yeah, pulled back. Expedia hit it yesterday for sure, Money Mitch. And it's pulled back. And I'm long the thing. I think you're buying pullbacks in Airbnb. I do, you know, maybe back to 130. But right I now, right now getting... bears are in control. So yeah. I'm like, I'm not coming in on day one here at 138 and saying, yeah, this is, you know, because I just feel like the bears are in control. Maybe today they're not. But I feel like they've gained a lot of control. Dan Niles is going to come up on CNBC, too. He's always fun to watch. Uh, icon back at that twenty-one fifty area. I mean, where do you where do you buy this one? I mean, you're you're absolutely in no man's land on this one. I like Dennis's number. Oh, the pre-market low did get close to 130, 130.103. Really? One thirty one oh six. Yeah, I just noticed that. Right on wow. that initial print. Wow, those wow. news algos there. They doing on that one, Joel. <laughs> they buy it up three bucks and they sell it off fifteen. Are they puking it out? You think they're buying it and then they're just puking it? Like I'm, we 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 obviously will never know who's behind these trades. But in that opening bar, good lord! In that opening bar, there's <laughs> so much algorithmic action. It makes you almost think like the algos are like beat, beat, buy, and then it starts to pull, and they're like minimize the risk. You almost wonder if somebody isn't getting burned in there. Like somebody isn't like some algo isn't actually puking it out. Wow, what a move. And and no reason to sell us down to 131 on this, down 10 on this report. Again, you know, <laughs> if it's turned, it doesn't matter. Like numbers don't matter as much. But I got to tell you, everybody who thinks that AI is going to take over the markets and put traders out of business. I tell you right now, the algorithms, again, Citadel Verti, we're not talking the money, the market makers. We're talking like the speculative algos that are trading earnings reports, trading headlines, doing different things. A lot of those aren't doing that great. So, you know, a lot of these, you know, some are technical based, some are fundamental based, but, you know, a lot of these, you know, headline algos get it wrong a lot. And I just think that there are actually maybe some losses behind this where you got an algo buying it on the headline number and then it starts going red and they're like, we got to minimize risk, you know, because we know this is the strategy. We can't have this thing to go from green to red. And then they start, and there's no bits. I mean, after hours, the bids could be two bucks lower on that Airbnb. So they're just like relentlessly hitting bids and then it pops after they're done. You wonder if that isn't happening. That was all that uh, that price action was in uh, five minutes when it went from 146 to 132 uh, or uh, 131. I didn't even change. know it went down to 131. I didn't even notice yeah. that. Uh, I'd There's like a few other things to trade at that time, though. I'll street, tell you that. 
street leading the right way into the report, right? They were taking some profits. And so uh, what I, I like the 130 area too. I don't think you're going to get there today. The reason I like it, uh, you've had a, just about a 50 point move off this 105. And then 155 was just about the high. So that's halfway back. You got a couple other lows in the area. But you know what? You're you're seven bucks off the pre-market low. The spoos are ripping. They're coming back up to the high of the day. So I don't I don't think you're gonna get to see it today. If you're looking for a gap fill, which it can easily do, 139.75. That's not far at all. And then the closing price at 140.86. So nice re- big rebound here. Wow. Spoons I'd love really to see us around. get up to like the 453. Go to yesterday's two days ago, the high. Get up to on spy. I'm talking the spy. Get up to the 453. So get up another 20 handles from here, and I'm unloading more stocks. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we should just be blindly buying this dip and the party's going to continue. I have a crystal ball. I don't know. I'd be 100% cash if I really thought, you know, that we were dipping for, you know, 100, if I knew for sure. I don't have a crystal ball, though. I just feel like rallies, we're going to get lots of rallies over the course. I don't think we're crashing, but this TLT is telling me another story of concerns. I'm raising cash. 5 to 10% correction. That's what I'm looking for until I go buying the dip, until I see at least 5%. I'm not going to buy this dip because I just feel like we're going to get at least some type of correction. Doesn't mean we're going to get destroyed, but some kind of correction. Off and maybe of we're wrong. Maybe too many people jump to the corrective phase right away. Maybe we're wrong. You know, we'll find I, out, right? Again, I mean, we don't have a crystal ball. We don't us. know. You know, we've tried. Me and Mitt, Money Mitch have tried. We were bearish earlier in the year, and then we turned to the bullish train for you know April to June because That's you it. just had to get on it. We had no choice. Price <laughs> kept going up. We didn't want to capitulate, Money Mitch. But we had to. Price mm-hmm. was telling us you got to get off the bear train, so we got off the bear train. Well, we're trying to hop back on it. Is the bear train, you know, <laughs> is it the black train, you know, to nowhere here? Big the black train, or is it, you know, gonna, you know, pay off? I don't know. We're gonna find out. All right, we got a lot more earnings reports to do here in the last mm-hmm. five minutes, and we haven't touched on uh, another one that had a nice pop in a precipitous drop square. Exactly. That was an interesting one. These algos, man, they're just reading the report really quickly and they're not noticing the current environment. EPS here, 39 cents beats the 35 cent estimate. Sales of 5.54 billion beat the 5.08 billion estimate. If you just read that line alone, what are you thinking? You're like, man, they they killed it. They they did great. They did great on sales there. Yeah. And then and then you see it you, you see what happens there off the action, right? Gross profits were up 27% year over year driven by strong momentum from Square's cash app. That was mentioned like right at the top, right? So that's also going to give them the lift. But then when you start seeing here, there's not much there that's even in the negative. They're focused on four strategic priorities. One of them of course integrating generative artificial intelligence. So, I mean, they mentioned all the good stuff in their in their earnings report. This just goes to show you, it's not the current environment for them right now. This is the same chart as Shopify. This is the same chart as Airbnb, which we just covered. This is the same story. The head, the bottom line and top line beats. The algos buy automatically, and then they pull the rug. I mean, time and time again. In some cases, you know, that isn't happening. Obviously, DKNG is holding up here. But, I mean, in a lot of cases, the rug pull happens right after the beat beat. And, again, same story. This is the... This is the this is the Airbnb chart. It's the same thing. You know, if we look at that top left corner, thing pops three, four bucks on the beat, and then boom, the rug pull literally minutes later, maybe seconds later, it starts rug pulling. 
And you know, now we're down five bucks. So it's literally down 10 bucks from where it was trading after hours. You know, if you're long stuff and you're long these things, have your orders out there, maybe. Yeah, you know, have oh, your orders sure. out there. You think yeah. the thing, like honestly, Square, you think that was good enough to, you know, we were at $80 and then we literally in three days dropped to 70. So you're talking like a 12% fall, just like that. You think there isn't some happy sellers when that thing pops back to 77, 78? They're like, thank you, Lord. I'm getting my money back. Get me out. And, you know, there's all it takes is three or four people, three or one institution to say that. And it, things start selling off. And now it's back down here at 68th. And people are like, why didn't I sell that pop? Why didn't you? Well, what about you had to be shaking in your boots off this re- uh, after the PayPal report yesterday. I mean, you had to be, you know, if you looked at the PayPal. What does the PayPal uh, chart look like from the after hours? Can you see the after hours action on that one? Did it get any of a pop? It never did. Yeah, there, there's the PayPal. But uh, boy, oh boy, if you were, if you're paying attention to your technicals, I didn't think it would have got up there. But you gave yourself a gap fill here. Uh, when you gapped down a couple days ago, you had a low at 77, 76. And you barely, you just got above that when you went to uh, 78 and a half. What a gift. That's that's not going to do anyone any good now. We're so far away from it. We are on the pre-market low. I could just give you the next daily low as a potential target, and that would be 66.72. Your much better support is under 65. You had a couple lows i'll call it uh at uh, 63.75 for sq do you buy the paypal at 60 if it goes to 60 question just asking all the way back down yes all the way back down off the first shot i think I, we i cannot I, the believe same thing like, i was thinking on square through 66 like it's unbelievable that it was 76 dollars three days ago and now it's 64 and you're talking about giving the entire two-month gain back here in one day Man. six fifty-nine to 60 you gotta think it's i don't know if it's gonna do that like go that far down here in the next couple of days but if you come down to that area do you take a shot the first time i think you do yeah if you're short to 60. You, you, if you're short you, you definitely that if would you're be short big. i'd be covering almost right now not waiting around <laughs> for the last four bucks but if you're you know looking at a buy a zone i mean there's nothing in here Almost looks like it wants to go there. 59 to 60. That's your buy zone for this. The same thing. way I feel on Square, right? You got to stuff all those buyers. Give the whole damn then... thing back. Yeah, stuff like the all whole those thing buyers. Back. Like we take three months to go up there and give it all back in three days. Yep. Is that not and incredible? This is That's why up I... like an escalator, down like an elevator. You got to love when the bear takes over. This is also why we were talking about starting to figure out where you wanted to take profits, right? Because if you're not taking profits on a lot of these moves, this is how the trend can easily come against you. And the next thing you know, now you're just fighting the the stock, right? You're like, well, now I only have 4%. I had 6% gain. And now I have 2% gain. Yep. And then you let it come back all the way to your break-even spot. That's where I was talking about where rotation in the market, you have to be really quick when you see the market rotating against you. And now you can see it. A lot of these gains are turning into very small gains and so be careful out there, traders. We'll see what happens now. All right, let's uh, get well, to the last one. Do, yeah, oh, what, what one do you want to do? I'm just going to say with this Shopify we're getting asked about, I mean, okay. a two-day down move, I mean, you can lean on yesterday's low, but I'd like to see at least a couple lows. Breaking in all the trends. Same. Yeah. It's breaking everything. That's the, uh, the president that was on CNBC yesterday. Did you watch that interview? I even tweeted about it. 
He's dropping AI every other word. He was on CNBC and he can see his stock down. It's just like, I got to pump the stock. That's what I think he's thinking. I got to pump this stock back up somehow. I got to get the stock. So like they probably coached him going in. Make sure you say AI. Make sure you keep saying it. He even <laughs> dropped Barbie. I'm not joking. The president of Shopify <laughs> was dropping how he has relationships with Mattel and how Barbie is helping them as well. I was like, as soon as I heard that, I'm like, holy, are you ever reaching, buddy? Are you ever reaching? Are you that desperate? You're telling me Barbie is driving Shopify? As soon as he's saying that, you got to sell it. All right. I'm on, like, on that note, on that Barbie note, long. it took out 2070. So if, if it gets above, it needs to get above that uh, important level for Barbie. Okay, everyone, when have a great Shopify day. Your Shopify technology stock is reaching to reach to Barbie. It's time <laughs> to like say, hey, you know, it, he, the AI is not working. Yeah, maybe the coach will say something else. It's not going up on your AI talk. Say something else. Barbie! Wow, that was ridiculous. I'm sorry, Mr. President of Shopify. I don't know your name, but that was absolutely ridiculous commentary. All right, so let's talk about something a little bit more interesting here. Um, before we get out of here today, let's, what, why don't we talk about Fisker? Did you guys see? Looks like uh, they're... Uh, unveiling some new vehicles in Fisker. And so uh, they came out with earnings that were a little bit better than the estimates. Um, sales still missed. Uh, production starting to kick off, of course. And they showed off a series of prototype vehicles on their Product Vision Day event. So you guys can check that out. Of course, talking about different vehicles here. Um, and we can definitely take a look at them, right? Uh, they've already talked about the pair in the past, but now they're talking about the awesome. Alaska uh, I, I like the cars. names too. I like the names. Like this truck, this is what you call a truck, Elon. Not your Martian truck, but we won't get into I'm all that. I'm telling you, look at these um, vehicles. Yeah, they look a Fisker's lot Fisker's going to get no love. One, they're still trying to get the EV credit, right? They're still challenged because they're working with Magna in Canada and they're working you know, um, elsewhere. And they're, they're, they've had challenge in getting the EV credit in the U.S., so that's holding them back. But the one thing I will say, and you know, I've been a fan Ooh. of Fisker. I don't own the stock right now, but I've been a fan and we've had the stock before. It's like $2 billion market cap. Rivian is $25 billion. Lucid's whatever, $16 or $17 billion. I mean, you're getting at one-tenth the cost. I do think eventually that this could be one of those that you'd be happy if you bought it. It could be a zero. Now, some of these EV companies aren't going to make it. Maybe Fisker is going to be one. So speculative capital only. And you know what? It's not doing well today again. We're not in the type of market to take speculation on right now. But Fisker is still on my shopping list. I just want to see like, you know, it didn't. The problem was it didn't really participate in the recent rally either. So I'm like, I don't know what it's going to take to get the story going for this. But the cars look awesome. That Henrik Fisker is like a poor man's, like Elon Musk. That guy is like a genius. Dude, the ocean looks good, off. man. I want this SUV. I I'll, want I'll trade this in too. for this RV. Why I'll trade it in for my RAV4 right love. now. It just doesn't get love, though. And maybe and then and this Ronin? Production. The ocean's in production. Gets yeah, no the love. Ocean. The ocean's really nice car. I got to say, it's well, well And maybe designed. Red Bull's right. I think they did go. You know, they've already had a bankruptcy, you know, with Elon, with, with, with Henrik Fisker. So maybe people are just spooked, you know. But I tell you, man, that truck. Wait, do you have the truck up there again? Bring it up here again. Is the Alaska? Yeah, let, yeah, let me the whole back of the truck it. drops down 
So, I mean, in the video, I don't know if you can find it, but you put the tailgate down, and then the whole back windshield and everything, it drops right down to the floor. Yeah, that's... You can that's... actually put a nine and a half foot, like, you know, something nine and a half feet. Like, I was, like, I'm carrying, like, lumber and stuff in my pickup, and, you know, six-foot bed on it sticking out. And this thing, you throw, like, a nine and a half foot. It's like a minivan all of a sudden. It's like I got features of a minivan. It's really cool. If Tesla was coming out with something like this, Tesla stock would be up huge. But because it's Fisker, nobody likes it, nobody cares. It just doesn't get any love. The stock is down here again. And yes, they're missing production. They're having problems, you know, with supply, with parts and stuff. So, you know, that's probably why the stock is trading down. But man, these vehicles look pretty cool. Yeah, and I got to say, one thing that I I like about Fisker is their ability to say that, you know what? We're not going to build these vehicles. We're going to give it to Magna to build. We just want to be able to design vehicles design and bring them awesome. out. The design I, I, itself, I know, like the man. profit margins. You know, maybe they don't have the margins because they got Magna involved, and you know, there's lots of things to think about here. Um, and you know, maybe it takes more research and looking further. But I tell you, just face value, looking at those yeah. vehicles, that looks like it's just as cool as Rivian. It it looks just as cool to me. I'll tell you one thing. I need to reach out to Fisker. I'm going to send them this video itself right now. We need to do some test driving of these vehicles. That's yeah! what we need, guys. I want to test drive this thing. I got I you, Dennis. I'm going to reach it. out to Fisker and send them this video right call here. Call Henrick. So you guys get, in the chat. Get Henrick on the throw show. Up, Henrick throw up. Hey, hey, do do us a Henrick. favor. Throw up an FSR in the chat, team. If you guys want to see some test driving of Fisker, I'm going to record the chat reaction. Know. I'm going to send this to them. Like always, we love to reach I'm out to companies. I'm my boat behind it. We're going to do a test. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't look – that's not an F-150, let's be honest. This is a small, like, Ranger type, you know. It's not – It's not. there you go, chat. That's what I wanted no. to see. I see you it's guys out cool. there waking up. You guys want to see it. Guess what? I'll do I'll do what I can do. Like always, Money Mitch will reach out. I will get Zoltan. We will start working on trying to get Fisker get to Henrik do Fisker some test drives. Right here. And, and bring course, Henrik Fisker on, on for an interview. We yes. want to hear from Henrik Fisker. Call yeah. him up. I want to interview Henrik Fisker. I, I want to interview him I've at the about factory. His company forever. We'll do it. Hey, we've done it before. We'll get to it, guys. Like always, that's what Benzinga is all about. Thank you, Dennis Dick. Like always, great week. Triple D Trader, killing it like always. You guys keep up with my man, Dennis Dick, on Twitter. If you're not following him already, what are you guys waiting for? Like always, Dennis, you ready? Go kill it. It's Friday. And We're like always, man. have a great weekend. And I'll, wait, wait, I'll, wait one second. I yes. want to wish my mom a happy 70th birthday here. What? So if she's listening, I want to wish her a happy 70th birthday. Uh, it's today. So happy birthday, mom. Happy birthday. Definitely. Dennis Dick's mom. Hey, shout out from all of us here at Pre-Market Prep. Hope you enjoy watching and, and seeing Dennis help us every single day. So also a thank you because you got Dennis to where he is today. So a real big thank you because Dennis helps us out every single day. So thank you, Dennis, for all Thanks you do. Much. And definitely have a great weekend, everyone. Enjoy. Enjoy it, guys. I see all the Fiskers mentioned in the chat. That's what I wanted to see. And I will get you guys over now to live trading where we continue into the markets. But don't miss today. Like I've mentioned, our sports betting update, we'll have DraftKings CEO. We'll talk all about the space. Trust me. By the time that special is done, if you don't know what's going on in the spet on the sports betting industry, I did my job wrong. So come find out. Level the playing field, of course, right here on Benzinga and keep getting to your trading action. We're on with live trading up next. Nick Brown, myself, getting after the market. We'll see what I can do today. Let's see if we can find some good trades. Will we bounce today? 
Let's find out on live trading, of course. Hit the like button. Always good to see you guys here on Pre-Market Prep. We'll be back on Monday, but we got a lot more for you guys right here on Benzinga all day long. Let's get to the action. Hit the like button. I'll see you a little bit later today on live trading up next. And then, of course, the sports betting industry uh, outlook. That starts at 11.30 a.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. You guys will get the interview from DraftKings CEO Jason Robin. All right, stick around, guys. Chris Ketchy will be on with me on that show. So I'll see you guys a little bit later today. Let's go do some trading action.